There's a lot of things in this old world That just do not make sense Like why there's so few believers on the firing line While so many others sit the fence But if you want to know where the word of God stands And believe it wants to use your feet and hands It's time to take your faith out of the seats And into the streets And come along with me If you'll only look Then you will see On WCN-TV Welcome to today's WCN-TV program. Uh, it's Tuesday, May 16th, 2023. And uh got to say thank you to Leighton Howardson for uh, writing and recording our introduction song there. Um, and uh, to our producers for um, creating our uh, images of some of my heroes. And um, today's guest is featured in that opening segment there. Rusty Thomas is with us. I invited Rusty to come on because he did a uh, an excellent article on the topic that um, we need to discuss today. I wish we didn't have to talk about this, but unfortunately it is needful that we do. Um, we're going to be talking, uh, we're talking about a few things, but we're going to start off talking about the subject of transgenderism. We need to understand that it is a mental disorder, but it's more than that. It's also um, obviously a spiritual disorder, but also I believe it's a cult. Um, It's a mental disorder that's been force-fed into the minds of our children from the earliest of ages. We're actually manufacturing mental illness. And I I did a uh, radio commentary by that title uh, last week. We're creating psychopaths in the laboratory of our modern American culture, basically what's happening. And when I say that, I don't say it lightly. This is not just another aspect. I mean, there are many aspects to this LGBTQ plus stuff, but this is one of the worst. Um, Transgender people are, are going to tell you that they are targets. They're victims. Um, They're disproportionately singled out to be attacked. But if you do the research, you'll find out that they're they're no more likely to be attacked than anyone in this country. In fact, they're far more likely to carry out violent crime, including murder. Some of the worst serial killers in criminal history have been transgenders. Suffice to say that the Colorado Springs shooter identified as non-binary, the Denver shooter identified as trans, the Aberdeen shooter identified as trans. And now, just back uh, in March, the Christian school in Nashville um, was attacked by a transgender person. 
as Christ followers, we need to understand that we've been named specifically as the targets of the LGBTQ plus and transgender movements. It's open season on Christians, especially white male Christians. But all heterosexuals are now being declared as the oppressors and all the sexually confused are now the victims, regardless of what they do or how they act, regardless of the facts. Uh, Jonathan, uh, if you can put up that uh, webpage just briefly um, before we bring Rusty in. If you go to um, um, a website, it's called uh, infogalactic.com, and and just search for crimes committed by transgender people. You're going to be astonished at what you see there. If you can, can you make that any larger? You know, and unless you, I don't want you to think this is some right-wing disinformation website because all this information is backed up by an enormous amount of sources and details and facts. Uh, This webpage actually lists 84 incidents. You can kind of scroll down there, Jonathan, and um, if you want. Um, and And you can just, you can just see, I can't even get into all of the individual stories because they're just too horrendous to um, talk about. But um, if you're interested, it's infogalactic.com. And when you go there, just use their search feature, search for crimes committed by transgender people. There is a violent demonic aspect to this. It's not just confused people, people confused about their gender or their, sexuality um there is a demonic uh, aspect to all of it so uh rusty why don't you come on in and and uh, let's let's get into your article because you covered things very well and uh, i have to say i did not get it into this next issue that's coming out tomorrow but i'm hanging on to it for next month because of course next month is shame month and um i think it would be appropriate then to run Plus, I also ran out of space in this issue. We have 48 pages. We still run out of space. I know. How are you doing, Rusty? Uh, it's so good to be with you, Brother Rob. Appreciate this uh, time with you. And, you know, obviously, this is uh, a very difficult topic, you know, to deal with. It's very disconcerting what we see happening in our nation in this generation. And, you know, one of the, I guess, struggles that I've had through the years when the Lord first, you know, broke my heart, opened my eyes to the plight of child sacrifice, the shedding of innocent blood. That's when I came into contact, you know, with the homosexual agenda and watching that juggernaut just grow and to become more entrenched, you know, in this generation, in our nation, in the government, in the corporate world, our libraries, you know, and and then to see it morph into this now, this very dangerous manifestation, the transgendered uh, movement, um, you know, it was quite an educational uh, process, and of course, just heartbreaking because. You know, we're we're raising our children in a nation that actually thinks like abortion 
child sacrifice, the shedding of innocent blood, parading our sin like Sodom, and then even raising a generation that doesn't know the difference between a boy and a girl, that this is normal. You know, all these things that were once like unspeakable, brother, these these things that are mainstream today were once considered unspeakable and we're actually raising a, a generation of Christian kids in churches and they're, this is being presented to them as normal. And well, I believe, of course that... I believe God's word even says that it is shameful to even speak of these things, but unfortunately we need to because we need to educate people on what's happening. Yeah, and that's, you know, and that's what... why... I... Okay. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. One one of the things that um, you mentioned the, the homosexuals at the abortion centers, and that's one of the things that I guess really um, I don't know if surprised me is the right word, but um, yeah. Every time you go to a, an abortion center to try to witness to the to the women and girls going in there, um, those death scorts are nine times out of 10 homosexual or transgenders or some aspect of that alphabet soup. And yeah. um, why do they care? Um, yeah, well, that was my, um, I, you know, and I, I have an inquisitive mind because, you know, just looking at it objectively, I did not connect the dots. You know, they they don't produce uh, they're not going to reproduce life. They're they're producing death and early mm -hmm. death uh, in mm -hmm. their own lives and even in the lives of this culture. You know, so I was very curious and I went up to him, you know, please help me explain. And this is what I found, Brother Rob, that sometimes the enemies of the Lord know this battle a whole lot better than the Church of Jesus Christ. In other words, this spirit knows where it gets its empowerment this spirit this demonic lust knows where they get their enrichment and, and the bible is very clear on this that when you sacrifice children you're sacrificing them to demons you're nourishing the demonic realm and so for the homosexual for the transgendered person, abortion and those death camps, that, that's literally their temple. And when Christians come, we are defiling, we are desecrating their temple and we're plundering it. This is why even Satanists now have billboards that say uh, abortion is a religious freedom. It's a religious right. And if you read a lot of the, the uh, feminists, you know, they put it in context of goddess worship, you know, and so there's a strong religious aspect to this movement and the Church of Jesus Christ. We're not connecting the dots, Rob, but this you want to talk about spiritual warfare, you know, and, and, and what we have to understand, America, we've gone a whoring after other gods. Uh, the false idols just fill the land and behind those false idols are literally demonic powers of darkness. And it's been unleashed upon this generation. 
And so, and it's come to the point, not only are people confused sexually, but it's coming to the point where it's raping our kids' minds and they are literally mutilating their bodies, brother. They're cutting themselves and they're, they're crying out in torment. And they actually believe their deliverance, their salvation comes from us coming into agreement with them, enabling them to do this. And of course, if we do that, we're driving them, we're loving them literally to hell uh, because that's where they're going to wind up, you know, unless God intervenes and brings repentance and salvation into their lives. And thanks be to God, we're seeing some of that. We're seeing some of these people who have gone down that dark road, even to the point of mutilating their bodies. And God, in His mercy, got a hold of them and they repented. And God has saved them, and now they're actually being spokespersons, you know, warning, you know, do not do this, kids. You know, it's devastating. It will destroy your life. So th this is what we're engaged in right now, Brother Rob. Well, uh, what Rusty's talking about is, is basically comes down to uh, innocent blood is currency in the demonic realm. And we can see that not only at the abortion centers, but um, here in Wisconsin, we have a thing called the Freedom from Religion Foundation. Um, basically, it's, you know, uh, anything Christian is, you know, they, they have an entire floor, entire three floors of their office building is devoted to attorneys uh, just to hunt down and, and persecute Christians. Um, but they also have a, um, a philanthropic uh, part of their organization that um, collects and donates money to provide abortions. Now, what does abortions have to do with their argument of separation of church and state? And then just recently we had SatanCon, and they were raising money to provide free abortions. Again, it's it's all comes back to the shedding of innocent blood. But, uh, but uh, Rusty, we, your article was about trans aggression, and yeah. um, interestingly, I a few weeks ago, um, probably about the same time you were writing this, I was writing one uh, that talked about um, some of the same things. But why don't you talk about get in get into the uh, the aggression part of their their movement? Yeah, so you know, obviously it was a, a takeoff on words, you know, trans aggression. So I was connecting transgression, which uh, in the the realms of sin, it means crossing the line, like you're going beyond the parameters of God's moral law and then adding aggression. And so, and that's what we're seeing in these days. We're not just seeing a transgression. In other words, where human sexuality is going beyond the parameters uh, of what God has instituted for his glory and our good. And so in the article, I lay out the standards of sexuality that our creator has given to us as his creature. And of course, the only sexual expression that God blesses 
is one man, one woman, and a lifetime commitment in holy matrimony till death do us part. That's the standard for human sexuality. Anything outside of that, you know, fornication, you know, sex outside of marriage, adultery, you know, having sex with a, a person other than your spouse, homosexuality, having sex with the same gender, or bestiality, sex with an animal, or or incest, sex with a close relative, all these God condemns. Um, and so what we're seeing, because we've abandoned God as a nation and as a culture, we're giving full vent to all kinds of sexual expressions. The problem with that is then you start running into reality. We know biblically that once we start going down that dark road, the Bible warns us that uh, if you commit sexual immorality, especially when it leads to child sacrifice and the shedding of innocent blood, then the scripture tells us that God's going to visit the iniquity of the land because it defiles the land. He's going to visit the iniquity of the land, and then nature itself will begin to rebel against you. Uh, scripture talks about vomiting us out. And if you look what's happening in our nation, we're being fractured. We're being divided. We're being dispossessed. You know, the alien amongst us is going up or going down. I mean, God's just judgment is upon the land. We, we do not escape the Lord this day. And so the point being uh, going through this is to lay that standard and then to what I want to do, I just want to define some terms for the church. Like, what's the difference between sin? What's the difference between uh, iniquity, transgression, abomination, right? We know all sin is bad. It's all the violation of God's holy commandment. But all sin solicits the same response from heaven. Um, and, and that's why there's different terms for our disobedience. So, like, you take the word sin, that's missing the mark, right? God has a standard. That's his commandment. When we don't keep it, uh, or if we, you know, sins of omission, sins of commission, but we've missed the mark. And the wages of sin is death. That's why we die, right? But then you have terms like transgression. And like I said, that crosses the line. That goes beyond God's parameters, okay? Then you have words like iniquity, which means twistedness. And, 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 like, what are we seeing, like, take place in the minds of these young people? They're literally, their minds have become twisted. This is iniquity. And we're seeing it just manifest right before us. And, of course, governmentally, God warns that he will not fellowship, he will not endorse, he will not approve of a government that frames uh, iniquity mischief by law he will not ally himself with a throne of iniquity that frames mischief by law and then of course you have the word abomination and homosexuality falls into that category uh, i think we know the scripture if a man lies with a woman as like a man this is an abomination and that word means to to stink like it's something that has become rotten and becomes a stench 
it, it, it's the way it's presented in the scripture. It's something that should make us sick to our stomach. It is that repugnant. And and when, when you reach the realms of abomination, this is something. And then as the church, I know we present God as the loving, good, wonderful shepherd. He is. I get that. I know the love. I know the mercy. I know the compassion of Jesus Christ. I'm not belittling that. But I'm going to tell you, these things like abominations, the, the Bible is clear. God absolutely disdains this. And he will hold it in utter contempt. Uh, the holy God of the Bible. That is his response to this. Whether we like that or not, whether we believe that or not, it's very, very serious in the eyes of a holy God. And, and then one of the things I wanted to bring out, Rob, in the article is, you know, people want to talk about the history of the homosexual movement in America, and they kind of take that back to the Stonewall riots and Greenwich Village in 1969. But the homosexual agenda, its history starts way back in the book of origins. It starts in the book of Genesis, where we read about the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah. And, and this is what I really wanted the church to glean from this article. Because the very mentality, the very spirit that we see take place in Sodom and Gomorrah, it has been revived in this day, and it is thriving in this day. So, so what do we see in Sodom and Gomorrah? Well, you have a bunch of homosexuals gathering at the house of Lot. Now, they don't know that's angelic messengers apparently they came in a male form they knew that they were men and, and here's the interesting thing rob i don't know what the law on the books were in sodom and gomorrah i don't know the cultural practices that were relevant in the day but apparently in the in the minds of these sodomites they actually believed they had the right to bust down that door enter private property, grab these, what they believe is men, and have their perverted way with them. They actually believe that Sodom and Gomorrah should accept this as a practice. This was the mindset of Sodom and Gomorrah. And then we see the same thing when it came to the tribe of Benjamin with, with the, the priest and the concubine, the same thing happens there's a man and these sodomites come and they believe they have the right to bust into private property grab the male have their perverted way with them and that the tribe of benjamin is supposed to stand there sit by and watch it happen because it's totally acceptable in that culture and what do we see happening today what are we seeing with the sodomite agenda, with the transgendered agenda? They believe they have the right to bust into our homes, bust into our churches, bust into our cultures, bust into our government, and have their perverted way with us. And, and one of the things I bring out, and, and, and 
because I've always I always struggled with the men like Lot and the older man in Judges chapter 19, because when the Sodomites pressed the issue of having their way, the perverted way with the male, for some reason, the men of the house, and the only thing that I could possibly come up with to explain it is that sodomy, again, was an abomination. It was it was repugnant. It was something that makes you sick to your stomach. And, and I, you know, so the response from Lot and the, and the old man is, I'll give you our daughters. You know, take our daughters, right? And, uh, and then the old man says, well, take the priest's concubine. And so now that, that's a stunning response. That's a, that's a pathetic response. And you think, like, what kind of men are these? You got sodomites as men, and then you got these men throwing their daughters to these sex, you know, sex crazed maniacs. What's happened to biblical manhood? What's, what's happened to biblical masculinity? But the point being, it was the daughters that were thrown under the bus. And what do we see happening to women today? Because you better believe behind this transgender movement is a woman-hating spirit. Just like the Jezebel spirit hates men, that feministic spirit hates men, this spirit hates women. And it's being unleashed on our daughters. And so what do we see the transgender do? Just busting into girls' locker rooms, into their bathrooms, right? Into their sports, their beauty contests. I mean, this is the wicked fruit of feminism. What do we find out in feminism at the end of the day? The best woman is a man. This is how crazy we have become. How confused we have become as a people. And, and it's our daughters right now, like it was in Sodom, like it was in Judges 19. It's our daughters being thrown under the bus. And what do the men of this culture say? Have at it. Just leave us alone. Come on. Take it over. We can give a rent. Just don't mess with my 401k. And, and I, I got to tell you, buddy, that the same thing that was unleashed in Sodom and Gomorrah, it has been revived in this day. We're seeing the manifestation of it. And, and this is what we're dealing with. And that's why I wrote uh, the article, Trans Aggression. Well, folks, if you've ever been to a pride parade, um, you know, I was astounded the first time I went to one um, to witness on the street and um, with Coach Dave in uh, Columbus, Ohio, half a million people there. And I I just uh, felt in my spirit I was looking at Sodom and Gomorrah. Here are all these people marching, demanding, you know, and they're marching down, of all things, Broad Street. You know, the broad road that leads to where? Yeah. <laughs> they're marching down yeah. Broad Street, of all places. Um, but, yeah, it is It is exactly. Now, Rusty, you mentioned um, the attack on women. I just recently learned what a turf is. Can you talk about that a little bit? Because this this I goes deeper know. than I think we realize. 
Yeah, my wife came up with this. She she did her the research. She helped me from this article because she wanted to sh- help me show how the transgendered homosexual special rights. Like, what what does this mean? So we put together a whole. Uh, you brought up, you know, the right to exhibitionism, nudity, and voyeurism. This is on Main Street, USA. This is the pride parades. They have they have a right to this. They have a right to enter little girls' bathrooms. Title IX of the Education Amendment, right to undress and shower in front of girls in locker rooms. This is Title IX again. Right to brainwash toddlers and preschoolers and libraries right to sexually exploit children. This is all the drag show things, groomers, right? Right to turn children's television and movies into sexualized propaganda, Disney, everything like that. Right to uh, children, right to force Christian businessmen to suspend their freedom of religion, you know, provide their wedding cakes, everything like that. Right to force workers to be subjected to homosexual indoctrination or be fired. Right to objectify women. And it's always interesting in this this drag king, they do this most over-sexualized character of a woman, right? And it's a, so it's a right to objectify women, right? And it's a right to take away women's safety and privacy, you know, by forcing them, uh, you know, into their locker rooms, their bathrooms, and, and a right to destroy women's achievements, you know, by being in their sports, speaking as pretend women in marketing, and of course, influencing as pretend women on social media, to destroy women's non-contact sport, you know, smashing all the records, even a right to physically abuse women in contact sports. There was a transgendered woman that literally fractured the skull uh, of of a a woman fighter, Um, you know, a right to silence women. And this is where he came up with the labeling them as Christians, fascist turfs it's t-e-r-f's and the whole cyber bullying censoring them and even attacking them in public venues so when you have women who still have their sense about them who know this is really really wrong uh when they stand up for it they're they're not just attacked verbally they're starting to get physically attacked um and so that's where that term turf came in buddy i'm not sure uh well, what let me l- let me expand on that a little bit because i i researched this for the article that i did um a few weeks ago turf is an acronym p-e-r-f and it stands for trans exclusionary radical feminist so in other words if you're a woman who believes okay. you're a woman and lives and acts like a woman, um, you are a turf. Um, if you if you don't believe that men can transform into a into women, then that makes you a turf. And the transgenders absolutely hate turfs, so they hate natural women. But the term is trans trans exclusionary radical feminist. So. You know, in the old days, which weren't that long ago, for the left, radical feminists were, you know, that was a good thing, right? Now, even if you're a radical feminist and you stand up for 
female supremacy or whatever you want to call it, um, but you don't include the transgenders, that makes you a turf. And so the transgenders hate you and they take out their vengeance on you. So TERFs are, mm. are, are uh, uh, just another uh, target. Um, you, know, you know what's interesting about that, Brother Rob? You know, you look uh, in the Old Testament, how many times were different enemies of the Lord conspired against God's people? How many times did God send a rumor in their midst to turn them? against themselves to devour themselves in order for god to deliver his people that's right and that's you know, what i was that's what came to me last night i think that's what's happening is there there that whole movement that whole cult is is uh, uh divided. To implode, starting to implode yeah so but um, so we anyway. have some hope <laughs> So the the term turf actually I think came out in in 2018. So that's how long that's been brewing. But um, I was surprised to find out there was such a thing because I didn't know. But um, now you know. Um, Thank you, sir. (laughs) Anyway, yeah, no, I've seen, and I don't use Twitter. I don't even know how to use it. I, I don't care to learn. I, but I've seen some clips from Twitter that have been sent to me of of transgenders physically attacking and violently beating TERFs. And um, even if they're radical feminists, if they don't believe that a, um, a man can become a woman, they need to be um, uh, done away with. So, anyway. mm. Wow. So. Wow. Mm. Um. Anyone in our audience have any questions or comments? This is probably a good time to do that. And then otherwise, uh, uh, Jonathan, if you want to. We do have a a short commercial break we need to do, if you have that ready, Jonathan. Otherwise, raise your hand if you want to speak. Now's your chance. And otherwise, Jonathan, where did you go? Okay. Yep. So why don't you run that? We'll take a quick break and then we'll come back and... We also want to discuss today, while we have time, uh, Rusty's new book uh, that is is coming out here. So let's take a look here. Rob, can I get a glass of water? Yep. Yep, go for it. I hope the well isn't too far away, though. No. I think we're going to show you something. <laughs> Looks Here like you've been sleeping well. Megan, he's back. The my pillow guy. And you're looking good. He's still feeling good. Well, just when you thought it couldn't get any better, we've got the best pillow ever. My pillow 2.0. The best sleep just got even better. Whether you have a my pillow or not, you need to get the brand new my pillow 2.0. Call or go to mypillow.com now. Use your promo code, and for a limited time, when you buy one, you'll get a second one absolutely free.
And the promo code is WCN, and you get a nice discount when you shop at My Pillow. Harry has a question or a comment. Harry, a welcome. Comment, okay, uh, welcome. I, thank you. I, I saw yesterday a, a short news clip that was telling about pastors, church leaders who were, and I'm not sure who they were standing up against at, the, at that particular time. But they were claiming that uh, abortion is a woman's right given by God. And they were very vehement about it. And those are the pastors of, of, church, of a church. Churches. There were more than one. Yeah. Well, unfortunately, that's kind of the way the American church has gone. Um, <clears throat> last week, there was a uh, city council meeting in my hometown that I was not at, I no longer live in that town, but I watched the, uh, uh, the live footage and, um, uh, there was a 14 year old girl who, uh, came up with, uh, during the public comments and, uh, they were discussing, uh, the upcoming pride event and the drag queen, um, show that they do in a city park open to all, and especially children are encouraged to come. Parents actually um give the little kids dollar bills to stuff in the g strings of these uh tra- uh drag queens so um anyway there was a 14 year old girl who came up to speak in favor of this event going forward and she said that you know all my life i've learned that god loves everyone and and no matter who we are uh he made us this way and 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 he's just glad that, uh, you know, we exist and, and he, he lived for us. And a 14-year-old girl claims to be a lesbian. And um, she said she learned all that from her mother, who is a pastor. So there you go, Harry. Um, yeah, I would, uh, I would just interject. These are not pastors. These are not elders in the body of Christ. These are wolves in sheep's clothing. and. Um, they are the synagogue of the devil. Um, I, I wouldn't even give them the term church. Um, well, what happened it was, was it's, what it's happened, yeah, what happened with this particular city council meeting was um, our friend Ray LeBlanc uh, sent out a email to the local churches uh, begging the pastors to get their people to come and, and stand up against this pride festival that they're having and and the the drag show and uh unfortunately uh the churches several of the churches were woke and uh stirred up the homosexual community and packed the place out with uh, homosexuals and their allies so and then there was a mom who came forward to speak and um so proud that her son is coming out as a transgender now he's um transitioning to a female um and she's just so proud of him and uh, and then she told her story she is a bisexual so i wonder where this kid got the idea that um he's really a female probably from this mother who brings home multiple partners of both genders and does whatever she wants um, and that's probably how this kid has grown up his entire life. No godly moral compass. 
you know, that that's his mom, and she's so proud of her son, who is now going to become her daughter. So it's it's just a, a I'm so sick of this stuff, folks. I can't tell you. And um, it's not just for the month of June. Month of June, we're going to have the pride flags over all the government buildings and you know, town squares and things like that. Those flags may come down July first, but this monster never stops and never quits and never goes away. It's just getting worse and worse. Um, the president of the American Library Association is an open lesbian. So do you think we're going to have more or fewer um, inappropriate books for children in our public libraries? So anyway, that's my answer, Harry. <laughs> so... I, I had one other one, Rob. All right. Just the, the total opposite of what you're what you're saying. This is a 12 year old boy okay. that confronted the uh, school board, and he was very eloquent about what he he had. I, I hope he wrote it. If he did, this kid's sharp. But put them down on every everything you could think of along this line, and then announced publicly. I will leave this school. I'm going to another school. I'm leaving this district completely because of your corruption. Great, great. That's what we need. We need young people like that. And there are young people like that that have the courage to do things like that. So, and at this meeting, there were very, you know, there was a, there was a very good number of uh, people uh, courageous enough to speak against it. But, you know, it was really, um, there was really no point to even have the public forum discussion because the city council had already made their mind up before they I mean they they allow us Christian conservatives to speak but they have no intention of listening to word we have to say so um Betty has a uh, comment are you there Betty uh, yes I am and I just actually have a question because the last couple of times in the last six months I've went to Charlotte and I have stopped like at a Love's Truck Stop or whatever, you know, to stop to use the ladies' room. And I have walked in, and there has been boys in my bathroom with their mothers. And it's not like, I don't mind if they're one, two, or three years old. They're like 10, 12, and 14-year-olds, two and three of them. And the last one I walked in, I said... I'm beginning to believe I'm walking in the wrong bathroom. I mean, I'm getting mad. And the woman said, well, I can't let them go into the bathroom by themselves. They're grown boys. You need to let them go and use it. And if you're so scared, stand in front of the door. You know, so how do you deal with that? I mean, it's getting more and more common to see these kids. And all they're doing is, to me, what they're doing is changing these kids into perverts. Mm-hmm. Because they're going into the bathrooms with women and little girls and standing there and grinning, you know, and I'd like to wipe that grin off their face and their mothers too. Yeah. yeah. Amen. Amen. JR, I'm going to put you on the spot here. I see you're there and I know you weren't planning to uh, speak, but um, if you, are you willing to tell us about your, your plan? Sure. Sure. It's uh. JR heads up the Natural Family Foundation, naturalfamilystrong.com. And JR has a plan. Yeah, I'm going to make it brief because I want to hear about the book. But basically, the, the, the question is, what do we do? It's always, what do we do? 
every time we try to do something, uh, we're, we're this, that, racist, or whatever. And what we're doing is making a positive presentation. We're asking, and we are celebrating, a natural family month from Mother's Day through Father's Day, starting this year. And the first week will be Mother's Week, which is now. The second week will be Children's Week. The third week will be Grandparents Week. The fourth week will be Extended Family Week, and that ends with the week ending on Father's Day. And it's just a, just a reminder of what the true family, I mean, Rusty said, one man, one woman, lifelong committed monogamous relationship. That's what it is. That's what works best. So that's what we're doing. We've got several churches in Ohio, Louisiana, uh, Alabama, uh, church in Oregon, of all places, one in New York, Buffalo, New York. Wow. Good start. It is a good start. Amen. Naturalfamilystrong.com. Go to the website and uh, take the pledge. And you can find out more information there. And JR, I, I sent someone to you today because they emailed me. I did my article that I sent you. I don't know if you read it, but uh, it was my um, radio commentary for this week. And someone contacted me and wanted a natural family T-shirt, not knowing that there was such a thing. They said, you should make natural family T-shirts. So <laughs> I sent them to you and I said, well, go to a natural family strong.com and you can get the t-shirts there so i got that and then i'll take care of that again yeah. i want to hear about rusty's book yeah so rusty has a new book jeremiah strong and this really requires an entire program by itself but let's let's use the rest of our time here today to talk about jeremiah I, I I was blessed to meet and uh, work with Jeremiah on the streets and um, and to pray for him through his entire uh, situation. So, Rusty, if you can uh, tell us about the tell us tell us your story. Wow. So, yeah. Um, the book, uh, Brother Rob, that's that's been a, a four-year kind of labor of love. Um, when we went through the ordeal, you know, and the struggle uh, with Jeremiah, uh, it, it was about a year-long journey where we saw God just radically intervene in his life and radically change his life and um you know we we chronicle in the book the different visitations of the lord the miraculous things that took place and of course when we're watching this unfold we we don't realize uh, at the time the cross that the lord was going to require him to bear we just knew that God was just filling him to overflowing with the fire, you know, the truth, the Holy Spirit. He was radically changing. Um, it was, you know, just certain events that, um, you know, he, you know, like for most of his life, you know, I was dragging him around from battlefield to battlefield. But there came a point, Rob, he took ownership 
for the faith. He took ownership for the battle. And I remember watching the video of his baptism. Oh my gosh! Yeah, that was another another incredible event. We call it the Louisville baptism revival because what happened there, Rob? I, I a kid came up to me. He recently got saved. He asked me if I would baptize him, and I said, "Sure." And uh, we were at a guest church, and they filled up the water baptismal. And Rob, I stepped into that water. I didn't leave until three hours later. What happened, Rob? I baptized this kid, and I just said, "Come on in. The water's fine." And when I said that, the Holy Spirit just fell, and kids and parents and families they they literally rushed uh to this pool and um we just saw people saved we saw prodigals return to the lord to their families we saw marriages healed Uh, i mean it was just a miraculous uh, turn of events i mean and nobody was prepared for it nobody had any extra changes of clothes no towels I mean, they just, they just, they just knew the Lord was in the water, brother, and they came, and it was a phenomenal. And what had happened with Jeremiah, which is again, you know, hindsight is twenty twenty. But when I was presenting him to the Lord, I said, "Here he comes, Lord. Here he comes. He's always been yours. He's never been mine." And um, when I'm saying, "Here he comes," right to the Lord. And I baptize him, and 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 when he comes up, well, I don't know if it's before or afterwards, but he he bangs his chest. He, I mean, mm. he is banging his chest. And little did we know, Rob, that was going to be the point of contact with that bone cancer tumor. Just literally splits him in half. Um, he's literally banging that area. Um, and so, you know, he had these incredible, miraculous experiences. Uh, the Lord was visiting him, revealing things to him. And then, of course, we find out, you know, what we think is a sports injury. No, it's actually uh, an aggressive bone cancer. He has 10% survival rate. And honestly, Rob, it was a hope against hope situation, you know. And in the book, we describe, you know, not only what he went through, but, you know, what we went through as a family. Like, what does a father do when his son is dying and and all the things that a father will try to go to to try to save his life? And then what does a mother do when their son is dying and, you know, how to take care and nurture, you know, that son and the siblings and 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 you know the book goes through a lot of different aspects you know how do how do christians deal with tragedy how do we deal in a god-honoring way when it comes to sorrow when it comes to loss when it comes to pain when it comes to grief you know um you know we didn't take up our marbles and home we didn't raise our fist to heaven and blame and accuse god you know and in many ways our faith was strengthened and uh and and what we saw through that, Rob, we saw God and 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 understand this, Rob. Like for us, I think you know me, buddy. I'm a I'm a man of action. I'm a you know, uh, <laughs> you know, I fight the battle and um 
And when he got deathly ill, you know, brother, my duty was to be by my son's side, which means I couldn't minister like I normally minister. I couldn't fight the battle that we normally do. I, I knew my duty was to help my son. And, um, but we're still a family that ministers. And, um, and, and in some ways, the only way I could describe it to you, Rob, it was like that situation with Moses, you know, he's calling Moses to, to deliver the people and he's backing away and he's trying to make excuses. And he says, Moses, what do you got? What do you got, son? He says, well, I got the staff. Okay, then that's what we're going to use. And at that point, Rob, the only thing that the only thing we had left to offer the Lord, you know, was a dying son. That was all we had left, you know, to give. And uh, it was amazing, brother. It was just how Jeremiah, Lord, Jeremiah. Um ministered to millions of people around the world and i remember um i remember him ministering on the street from his wheelchair a week before the lord took him home yeah well, you know what's amazing about that rob because out of all the challenges that he went through probably losing his legs was the hardest because he's a football player you know that was probably the, the most devastating thing that he ever went through even I think he, he he was more devastated by that than the prospect of dying. And uh, but after he wrestles with that, brother, as he wrestles with that loss, he says, that's OK. He said, I'll just preach from my wheelchair. Mm -hmm. And that was this was so amazing about him, Rob, because even when we wrote the book, I told my wife, we have got to find some humor. You know, we've got to find some humor in this book. Because it just goes from bad to worse. Just when you think it's not going to get any worse, it gets worse, you know. And um, but in every, it, and this is just a theme of the book, buddy, uh, with our son. So every time, you know, he had this bad report, you know, and the hope is just being destroyed and everything like that. He, yeah, he was human. He got hit with it. He would digest it. But every single time, brother, he'd come back with his two thumbs up and a smile on his face. And this, like, it, our friends and our foes didn't know how to deal with that. Like, what, what's with this kid? How in the world could he go through all this pain and sorrow and suffering and still smile and give a thumbs up? I mean, it was a curiosity for everybody. And here's the thing, brother. Five minutes, this is the gospel truth, five minutes before he took his last breath. Just guess what he does, Rob? Mm. Two thumbs up and a little smile mm. across his face. And he went home to be with his Lord. And your your family had a, uh, had a, a praise and worship service. In your every room. time, every yeah. time, brother, every every time we took an opportunity to to worship the Lord, every opportunity we used it to minister the gospel of the kingdom. Um, every time, you know, because 
you learn in this life, brother, that God doesn't waste anything. You know, he takes the good, the bad, the ugly, the trial, the error, the blood, sweat, and tears. And when it's done right, brother, it does serve as a consolation unto others. And the reason why we wrote this book, brother, is we, did, we, we believe God be done with his testimony. There is more good kingdom fruit to be had here. And we just want to be good stewards of that, brother. And, and, and be praying for us, Rob, because I think it has the potential uh, of becoming a film. And we do have some filmmakers looking at that possibility. So, um, like I said, we, we just want to be good stewards of, of this powerful testimony. And I know that God is still using it, brother, because almost five years later, we're still getting reports mm-hmm. of how God used Jeremiah's life and death uh, to change people's lives. And so... Uh, we're praying that that trend continues, brother, through the book and possible film. Well, his, I know his life had a tremendous impact on me and my wife and pretty much everybody I know. So um, where can people get the book, Rusty? Well, I, I would say first that if you want to get the article on transaggression, um, you can uh, go to rustythomas.org um, to get Or if you wait a month, you can go to wisconsinchristiannews.com. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. I'll, I'll, just, I'll defer I'm to sorry. you, brother. No, no, no. no. <laughs> Rusty Thomas, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, because that's, that's our podcast and that's our blog post, brother, so they could also uh, listen to our podcast episodes. Um, but... The book, it might be just good to check out his his website, jeremiahstrong.com. Um, and, and there's a, a link there. Uh, it has a book link. You can press on that, and uh, it will take you uh, to where you can order the book. I'm sure you can go to Amazon, Barnes & Noble, you know, all the different Walmart, whatever, you know. It's just out there. Uh, and if they could, Brother Rob, uh, if they read it, uh, to give a review really helps, brother. This mm-hmm. this really helps to help spread uh, his message and testimony, you know, to others. Well, I, I need to get in touch with you because um, I'd like an autographed copy if I could, could possibly get one of those. Right, and, listen, and plus, I don't really want to support Amazon. So, yeah, well, I got a I got a copy here. You send me your address, and I'll I'll, I'll send it to you, brother. Okay. All right. And, um, just just text me your, your address. My wife and I still have our Jeremiah Strong t-shirts that we got at the football game that night. So, um, <laughs> and, and we still do wear them. So, Praise well, God, Rusty, we're, we're down to our last minute here. Any, la- any final, final thoughts? It's been a great program. You've been very helpful and informational here. So. Um, I just uh, thank the Lord, you know, Rob, these opportunities. And, 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 and don't treat this thing lightly, brother, because I'm telling you what I'm finding. You know, I just use the social media for ministry things. It's, it's not my life. I just use it as a tool to minister. But I am shocked, Rob, seriously, and how much fruit uh, that comes from these things. Um, it's even impacting my own family and my own children. 
Uh, God is using it, brother. So you never know. You press this button, buddy, it goes out. And, mm-hmm. he, and you find out, oh, my gosh, you know, yeah. how many lives have been touched and changed, you know. And you never know unless they tell you. But the fact of the matter is God does use this, brother. So keep up the good work. Yeah. And folks, if you would, please share this program. I think um, your friends and family and contacts would would appreciate this information. We are out of time for today. Uh, I'll be back with you next week, and our guest will be Pastor Butch Paw, who is a, uh, among other things, a uh, a veteran uh, radio broadcaster and um, a courageous Christian leader. So that will be next week, Tuesday at the same time. Till then, God bless. We'll see you.